0: All right, it's Yabamba. Yeah, 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 yeah Yabamba. Yabamba,
1: Yabamba, oh! Yabamba! Yeah, 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 Yabamba. Bamba!
0: Yeah, 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 Just scored a goal, just scored a goal! God, I can't sing at all. Nobody
1: knows trouble.
0: Hello and welcome to Unnecessary Tacklecast. It is a podcast that is rumored to be considering a challenge for FIFA presidency against Sepp Blatter.
1: <laughs> Along with everyone else.
0: Right. I'm surprised John Green isn't considering a run for FIFA president. <laughs> he would hate that job. He, he would. He would hate it probably more than he would hate being an England manager. And that's saying something.
1: I'm going to think that, that yeah, I think you're probably right about that.
0: So, like, real talk, he made a whole Smoothly <laughs> video about how much he desperately <laughs> does not want to be manager of England. I can't imagine what his response would be if someone asked him, hey, do, have you ever thought about being president of FIFA? Right?
1: Yeah, Like, I all... think
0: whatever... Yeah, no. No. Right. So, this is normally what we do housekeeping, but I don't Really have anything. Do you have anything? Nope. Our house is clean, ladies and gentlemen. And those outside the gender binary. I know. This has happened a few times, but not that often. It's happened more often than the episodes where we forgot to talk about beards. Yes. Of of which there have been two now. I feel very bad about that.
1: Well, you have just prevented us from forgetting it in this episode, so
0: well, we've we've got time, so let's uh let's not put carts before horses here.
1: <laughs> so this episode, like the traveling Wilburys after Roy Orbison kicked it, comes in four parts.
0: I feel like that's cheating. <laughs> <I feel> like <laughs> no, it is not
1: cheating. I'll tell you why it's not cheating.
0: Why is not cheating?
1: Because they only put out two albums, one of them with and one of them without. <sighs> Plus, they were sort of a, like a super group anyways. You know what the Traveling Wilburys were?
0: I, know, I know, I'm familiar.
1: So, like, um, they were Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Jeff Lynn, who was the lead singer of um, um, ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra, Roy Orbison, and Tom Petty of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, obviously. Um, and the only way, yeah, like, Roy Orbison, I mean, he had a heart He died of a heart attack, like... In December of the year they put out the first album, so a few years later when they put out the second one, like literally, he there was no he had no involvement. But he was represented only by in one music video by an empty rocking chair, rocking away, is with a ghost.
0: All right. All totally right, counts. I'll... Totally counts. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I just wasn't sure if this was one of those like, oh, it's just this after Phil Collins left, not before.
1: No, no, because it wasn't like, you know, some obnoxious, you know, disagreement of big ego personalities. It, um, you know, it's not like when the Beatles broke up. Somebody died. Come on. Counts. Totally
0: Come counts. In. Come on. Come on. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a strange episode. You ever, you ever you ever felt that? Like, you get... We we hit start... <laughs> I had to start broadcast by, and you're just like, this is going to be weird. <laughs> I'm really sure where we're going to end up at the end of this particular uh, Hobbit Trail, if you know what I mean.
1: Okay, let's just keep going and see where it <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all
0: right. <laughs> So the Wimbley Wobblies are doing great. Uh, sort of. No, they are doing great. Uh, they played two games in the league. The first one was at home to Liverpool, our beloved Liverpool. Uh they lost 2 1, unsurprisingly. Unsurprisingly. Uh, because in this universe, uh Liverpool knows how to finish.
1: <laughs> hey now, we got D-Studge back.
0: We do. Okay, listeners, <laughs> we are recording this on Saturday and Liverpool in real life just won two 0 at home to West Ham. Today was the first uh Game that Daniel Serge has played since like August, and he came <laughs> on as a sec- late second half substitute and scored like twelve minutes after he came on the pitch, uh, and it was beautiful. Sticky arms are back. It was
1: gorgeous. It was gorgeous. I have to say, like we could even have lost this game. Like, okay, so imagine a scenario in which play in which we're playing, you know, some some other team, and uh, uh, you know, and um, and we were down like maybe I don't know imagine a scenario where we're playing some other team and we're down like 3 to 1 or something and then Sturridge comes on and scores that goal I would still have gone out of this match feeling hopeful that is how exciting it was to see him playing and playing in form and and score a goal like it was it was great
0: it was great um but we won it was great and also I <laughs> The thing I was worried about as the game went on was I was afraid someone was going to get injured because it was really clear that Andy Carroll had a oh. grudge to settle. Like, yes. he was elbows flying. He was going after Chan. He was going after Sako. Like, mm-hmm. he he wanted to take somebody out. It was clear. And I think that's why they ultimately, like, substituted him because it was clear. Like, he didn't really care about the result. He just wanted... Some kind of revenge.
1: Well, and he was talking smack about Brendan Rodgers for the game, trying to yeah. disrupt the manager, and it just it was just crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, if we won. That's the important thing. In the yes. Wembley Wobbly universe, uh, they also won. Uh, thanks to I forgot who the goals were scored. It doesn't matter. It's not a Wembley Wobbly. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then we were away at Sunderland and we won 1-0 thanks to Dicko, hot slice and Dicko. Uh. Mhm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh and then in the cap in between those two games we were away at Swansea in the Capital One Cup uh which we won 2-1 so we're on to the next round, Hooray. Uh and then in match day 2 of the UEFA Europa League we were at home to Sporting Lisbon and we won 2-0. That's
1: pretty impressive.
0: I right I Anytime mean,
1: we beat a portuguese team i feel kind of good about that
0: yeah i mean portugal isn't quite the powerhouse it used to be but you know yeah, yeah. yeah you come up against Benfica uh, or sporting lisbon and you you, you they're no slouches you got to be on your game mm-hmm. uh and they do do still produce uh really good players like you don't this it's easy to overlook that because the portuguese national team in its current form is basically <laughs> uh
1: Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo
0: with a silver bullet band, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they they still produce good talent, and their their league is 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 still pretty solid in the European landscape. So, you know, getting a result against Sporting Lisbon was going to be a challenge, and we did it. So that's really cool. So they're doing okay. Uh, we're still down to four episodes, two episodes a week, which I, I really think this is just the new schedule now, which is fine. It's fine. So, yeah, so results-wise, they're doing great. So I've wanted to broach something for a while, and I've mostly been waiting until there was, like, a whole... I was waiting for a a, a fortnight and there wasn't interesting topics to broach this. And sure enough, all the topics were, like, Question Tuesdays or BuzzFeed quizzes. So I think it's a good time (laughs) to have this particular conversation. And my question is, is... Ball John Green, a Mary Sue character. Can
1: you, like, explain this reference to me?
0: Sure. Um, For the listeners who don't know as well, uh, we'll put a link to this in the doobly-doo so you can get a little more in-depth. But basically, it's like when a writer or somebody uh, inserts a character into a story that's sort of a proxy for themselves. And it's sort of like a... The character is sort of like an idealized version of themselves inserted into the story for the purpose of being like the hero of the story. You know, examples that get thrown around are like Wesley Crusher in Star Trek The Next Generation being a a a Mary Sue or a Marty Sue for Jane Roddenberry or Anita Blake being a Mary Sue for... Laurel K. Hamilton or Bella being a, a Mary Sue for Stephanie Meyer.
1: I, I like to steer clear of um,
0: any Twilight I, judge, judgments. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not judging. Uh, I could, I don't want to go down that particular road. But I just say like it is a one of the one criticism that is relevant to this is that there there is a belief that Bella is a Mary Sue character. I'm not sure I believe that. But, you know, it's, when, when you're thinking of, like, it, it's, it's one of the easier ones to re- reach out to when when we're talking about Mary Sue's. Uh, but that does lead to an interesting point, which is the Mary Sue character idea slash trope slash allegation, I guess, is primarily levied at women writers and authors. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's sort of, like, one of the many ways that people try to discredit women authors and writers and and, and creators uh, is to say that their their main protagonist is a Mary Sue character that their entire their entire creative enterprise is just an act of like wish fulfillment uh, Gotcha. yeah you know, as opposed to men who you know just have to or are acting out of a noble urge to put this beautiful piece of art out into the world. Women are only doing it for the attention. I don't want to, the, the gender politics My not are really stupid, if, but it, it, it is also applied to men as well. Like with Wesley Crusher and Gene Roddenberry. So I've been wanting to approach this is like, if, if it's so much as the Mary Sue trope is a thing, could ball John Green be considered one?
1: And, like, I mean, obviously not in a negative connotation, it. but in a neutral, if not positive connotation.
0: Right, yeah, because, I mean, I think, like, if, at worst, this is, is a mechanism of wish fulfillment for real-world genre. and I don't necessarily see that as a problem. I kind of see that as the entire premise of the game. Right, and that, well, that's an interesting thing, too, because you're getting to the point of, like, this isn't a book... And it's not well, a movie like, or anything; it's a video game, and that gets into right. really. interesting. example of like how because, you.
1: Like, right? Because like, why do people even play then? And it could be seen in some ways. Um, either you're playing as a manager or you're playing as a player. It is a. It is an RPG in that in that sense.
0: It absolutely is. You know, and like when you pl- part of the thing about playing video games is that you feel like you're the, the, the main character in the game. When I'm playing Assassin's Creed, I feel like I'm Altair or Ezio or
1: mm-hmm. Connor,
0: or whatever. I haven't played four yet, uh, but you know, you 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 kind of fe- you know put yourself into it. And there's like a lot of really interesting like at, you know research and the the psychology behind that. Uh, I'll try to come up with some like interesting links and put that into the W. I know there was a PBS Idea Channel episode about that. I will definitely uh-huh. link that in the video.
1: So so really the question we're getting to um is to what extent is because obviously manager John Green is a Mary Sue. <laughs> That's why he's there. Um to what extent is are there additional ones?
0: Right, yeah, cuz in a sense if you're going to accept if you accept the premise that Ball John Green is a Mary Sue, then essentially there are three Mary Sues cuz it's Ball John Green and then there's other John Green can also be seen as Mm-hmm. A Mary Sue, arguably. And then there's manager John Green, who is a uh, also a fictional character, separate from the real-world person who's playing the video game. Correct.
1: Um, so, and I, and I mean, he, 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 part of the fun, um, part of the um, conceit of the whole universe as it's created in-universe is that it does bleed out into the real world or at least the real world bleeds into it because you've got assistant manager Meredith um, and you've got Callum Kennedy because he calls Meredith's real life boyfriend Callum Kennedy. It's just like that.
0: I think it's really interesting to have this conversation too because of Hake's Vlogbrothers video yesterday. Oh, about the edge? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wasn't that mind-blowing? I... You guys, if you've if you have not watched Hank's most recent video about um, life on the edge or things like I forget the next, specific name of it now, um, like pause this and go watch it. It's so good. It's one of the best ones I've made.
0: Link in the doobly doo. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I I think that I don't think there's necessarily like a hard line. I think like there's sort of a there's a border area that exists between the Wembley womblies and the real world, which includes AFC Wimbledon. And there, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in that border area. It, like, obviously, physically, there's a dividing line, but it, conceptually...
1: And, like, I think from, you know, just as Hank was talking about in the video, that that is one of the most productive areas, is that edge area. I think that from a storytelling perspective, that's one of the most interesting areas is where... Um, where the, the wimbley Wombly videos, in the Wimbley-Wombley videos, the two areas um, interact. I just think that, I don't know, I, I think that from a storytelling perspective, maybe that is one of the most productive places. At least yeah. it's one of the most interesting ones for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, you know, bo- both of my wimbley Wombly projects kind of exist in that border zone. Because there's mm-hmm. there's the blog Your Fire Football Club, which has badge reports, which are kind of in the universe, but you know, kind of not. Uh, and then there's this podcast, which is kind of mostly in the real world, except sometimes it's not.
1: Right. I love those match it's reports, crazy. by the way. They're so Aww, funny thank sometimes. You.
0: Thank you. Um, um, my favorite
1: one. <laughs> my favorite one still. My very favorite one. Most of the one where you almost—you just didn't even write it. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> yeah, got... Like, the entire match report was, this is a stupid game and we hate it.
0: <laughs> that was... I remember that. That was... Uh, it was from season two. They were in the Europa League. They got blown out by... <laughs> like, 4-0. And, and I did the whole header. Like, I did the, the referee info and... The, the team sheet and the venue information. And then when I had to get to like the description, I just wrote football's a stupid game and we hate it. And then the yeah. score line.
1: Yeah, that was that was that was before I even knew any of any like I, yeah, that was before we'd ever really started talking or chatting. And I read that and I was just like we can be friends.
0: <laughs> awesome. I mean, the ones I think the ones I'm most proud of though are the ones that the the season finale ones that were like super sappy. <laughs> yes. But but getting back to to Mary Sue, uh, it, you know, if 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 you accept the premise that that Paul John Green is a Mary Sue, then in a way, all three versions of John Green in the game are Mary Sues. Uh, and but that's interesting to talk about, like. What functions do each character fill? Sure um, uh, And I just call even...
1: John Green's the American one.
0: Right. and the other John Green Nate Bennett is English. Uh, I don't know what's up with the manager. I guess he's American, sort of?
1: I think he's... Yeah, he's American. My understanding is that he's American because he goes... um Because there was a period of time where he wasn't being as involved with the team because he had to be back at home in America.
0: That's right. And then he
1: went back to England.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Um, So, yeah, he's... he's Manager John Green is, is American. Um, um, Other John Green has the puff.
0: Other John Green has the puff
1: although it's Ginger now. I think personality-wise is where some of the interesting questions are, but for me, it's sort of hard... Number one, it's hard to separate what I've read in fanfic, various fanfics, from um, canon. Um, number one, mm-hmm. if, you, if you accept that there's a difference because um, he does say that, you know, stories belong to their readers. Right. Um, but if you accept that there's a difference between canon and fanfic or headcanon then which I kind of do, um, at least on sub-level, um, that it's it, I get them mixed up sometimes in my head. And then other times, um, I, I just I just find it difficult to remember because there's so many videos. And especially with Bald John Green and other John Green, you, you like it goes back even to a lot of the Swindon Town episodes, if you accept the, the TARDIS construct, which I do. Um, and so trying to keep their... Like, everything that has happened to each of them and their individual personalities, like, sometimes, for me, yeah.
0: I see where you're going with that. And again, it's part of that border area. Yeah. Where, like, it's not, you know, it's... To, there there is no hard line you know it's all kind of bleeding into each other it's, ah, it's so interesting um, well, and it's
1: sort of like because he's been doing these these videos for so long now i feel like when something's been happening for a long time it almost becomes it almost it's almost like becomes in my head this like a, ambiguous blob of a thing um this 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 blob of just associations and emotions that sort of represent the thing. Like, Doctor Who is like that with me, right? Because it's been going on for so long now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like this... It it almost, as a whole, almost takes on an identity entirely separate from the sum of its parts. But I just... When I think about... When I think about um, the thing, I think about it all together in that way. And, And so... Sometimes... Sometimes... It can be like I I just think of I I will mix like the headcanon in with that a mm. little bit because it's what it is to me. So I have all of this and and it's like they're they're real people to me, but they're real people that I don't actually know that that well. Mm. You know what I mean? Or at least there's a little bit of information that he gives us in the videos. I don't know. It's it's like when you when you Have you ever gotten a crush on somebody who you actually didn't know at all? So you have all of this, like, emotions tied into these people, and then when you sit back and think about it, you're like, oh, yeah. Or a character in a book, for example, a very minor character. Oh, here, I've got a great example of this. So the first online community I really got involved with was a Jane Austen fan fiction community. And this was back in the days of dial-up, okay? Okay. I'm old, people. Sorry. Um,
0: (laughs) As John would say, I'm the oldest person you know.
1: I am. I am the oldest person any of you listeners know, except for John Green. Um, (laughs) So this Jane Austen fanfic community, I mean, they were huge into Colonel Fitzwilliam, right? Right. And if you actually read the books, he's got just a handful of lines in the books. But because so many different fan fictions been written on each other, we sort of had this community understanding of what Colonel Fitzwilliam would like. And then somebody would break our common headcanon of Colonel Fitzwilliam and write him in as, you know, kind of the villain of a piece or something like that. And we're like, WTF! <laughs> He's the hero of all of these headcanons. We know that's not what his personality is like. And yet this other person's headcanon... And by the way, an excellent example of this is um, Death Comes to Pemberley. If you haven't read that or watched it, um, there's, it's, it's an, there's an excellent like, um, BBC masterpiece, PBS um, video of it with a couple of actresses that I just adore. Oh, it has um, uh, the girl who plays... Um, Whose name is escaping me at the moment? She plays Clara in Doctor Who. She's in yeah. it. She plays Lydia. She is my new canon Lydia. She is my head canon Lydia. She's the best Lydia I've ever seen. Okay. Anyway, um, it's it's just so interesting how you can how everything that's written that you could take. Colonel Fitzwilliam and turn him into a very unsympathetic character and still be very consistent with everything that Jane Austen wrote. But it contravenes this communal headcanon we have of Colonel Fitzwilliam that's based on fanfic after fanfic after fanfic after fanfic. You see what I'm saying? So I feel like other John Green and bald John Green feel to me like a Colonel Fitzwilliam to where there's very little actual content there, but we all feel such a strong affection for them. Right, And I do wish that John would talk more about them, but in the absence of him talking about them, we're all going to sit around and make up our own stuff, right?
0: Which creates, like, an interesting feedback cycle because I feel like John sees all the fan material that we're all building up about, like, the team and the Mm -hmm. players, and she's just like, wow, this is better than anything I could come up with. I wonder what the heck J.K. Rowling felt
1: like. Because... Holy crap, there was a lot of fanfic and stuff going on about her characters while she was taking, you know, in the very long process of writing her books.
0: That's crazy.
1: <laughs> this conversation has gotten more meta than I think any other conversation we've had, and that is saying something, because we have some very meta conversations.
0: Yeah, well, hmm. I, I get what you're saying, though, about, like, you know, where, where, where headcanon kind of overrides <laughs> other people's Canon or like at the actual canon, uh, so I so I started I, I finally got through the first season at uh, the first couple seasons of Agents of Shield. Uh, oh yeah. So, mm-hmm. like it was weird watching it because I kept having to remind myself that Skye and Simmons aren't actually canon because that's totally <laughs> my hand canon, you know. But I have to remind myself. Self, no, there's there's not there's not actually anything in the source material that supports it. This is just my own kind of thing. Uh,
1: well, and how tricky does this get if we're going to view Ball John Green or other John Green or manager John Green as Mary Sue's for real life John Green, and then project our head con- headcanon onto those characters?
0: I mean, obviously, see. it doesn't put us in a position to judge John.
1: Well, no, obviously. Well, and I don't think that I would do that um to excess or um. Or to you know, I don't think that I'm in any danger, honestly, of doing that. But it's something to keep in mind.
0: Right. Yeah, and especially because the the, the Mar- you know, Mary Sue is often used accusationally. Oh, this is just a Mary Sue. Like that is a point of negative critique that they bring up. When they say Mary Sue. And I, I hope we make it clear that we're not doing that. Like, we're not using oh no. Mary Sue as a as a point of negative critique. Like, even, you know, for me, even if any of the John Green in the Wimbley Womblies are Mary Sue characters, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think it's totally okay to have characters like that. And I, just to cop to this, uh, I have my own game in FIFA, where I'm playing as manager of AFC Wimbledon, and I totally have a Mary Sue character. Uh, I have my own version of Ball John Green, that's my, you know, big hulking center forward up top, Mm -hmm. and then I have another custom character that's not other John Green, he's paired with someone else. Uh, I have a, uh, my, my own custom character, uh, who plays the number 10 role, you know, he's the advanced playmaker, sits right behind, you know, my version of Ball John Green, and that, that character... Uh, is totally a Mary Sue character for me. Uh, well, I feel
1: like if you are if you don't have a Mary Sue character in your FIFA team, why are you playing? Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't, I know I'm not, like, probably the best one to talk because I have zero, like, almost lit- like, nothing since the first Nintendo and the Commodore 64 video game or computer game experience here. But I kind of viewed video games, or at least role-player games, like, if it's not wish-fulfillment... What the crap is it? <laughs> yeah,
0: what's the bloody point?
1: So let's be very clear. We're not we're not judging anybody here.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I and I'm saying that not to say, oh, I'm do look, check out this cool thing I'm doing it. I'm exposing vulnerability because, you know, i I'm if if that's what John is actually doing, I'm doing it too. And <laughs> they're they're but for the grace of FIFA go I <laughs> they're before the grace of
1: not having a large audience
0: <laughs> right yeah um, and then one more one more thing I want to bring up too uh, is that you know they talk about ball John Green and other John Green as as these sort of fictional characters and we only hear about them through John you know, through the exploits of, of the wibbly wobbly videos and, and it's true but I mean it's it's bald John Green for me is about as real as any other professional athlete. <laughs> well, because like...
1: You know, I, honestly, that's pretty much fair because all we get from actual athletes is filtered through their, you know, their, their press interviews or whatever.
0: Media training, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm as likely to meet Daniel Sturridge in real life as I am to meet Ball John Green in real life. I'm never going to meet Ball John Green in real life because he's Pixels. And I'm also, <laughs> but I'm also never going to be Daniel Sturridge in real life either, because he's Fair a professional enough. athlete, and we 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 exist in completely different worlds, uh, arguably literally because he's on a different continent than I am. So you know, <laughs> like, all universes. right? And so I, I only see them on the pitch, but like I my experience of them is mediated through a screen. So whether it's AFC Wembley womblies or the Barclays Premier League on NBC Sports.
1: It's all pixels.
0: It's, it's all pixels to me. Yeah, it's pixels all the way down. It's all mediated experience. <laughs> um, now, I mean, obviously, there you know, the Premier League is is more real because in theory, I could save up money and fly to England and stand in the cop and hold up my scarf or whatever. I can't oh, do God, that with me in Right, I can't do that with Wimbledon wobblies I can do that with AFC Wimbledon and that's kind of uh that's my impetus for getting a passport is so I can go go to London and go to a Wimbledon game because oh I do yeah man. I prob I probably won't be able to go before they leave King's Meadow which is sad because I would have loved to go see yeah. them while they're at King's Meadow but I should be there by the time they open the new stadium yeah so I mean in that sense obviously it's more real because I I can actually go there and if I if I save up the money. But like realistically, like I'm never going to meet most professional athletes. Just like I'm never going to meet Ball John Green or other John Green. Or actual John Green, for that matter. Well, maybe. I mean, I mean we could end up at like a dirt fighter gathering and he might have a couple minutes in a book signing line or something. But beyond that, you know. So, I don't know. Tell but us it, what it's you a, think, though. Yeah, definitely. What's your headcanon? I, I mean, I don't know if any... any of our players, like, play FIFA, or if they do, like, role-playing games or whatever. I, I would imagine some of, some of our listeners, at least one or two of them, probably do play D&D. Uh, tell us about your D&D campaign. So I I'd, know, uh, um,
1: yeah, some of my friends who listen are in the middle of starting up a Nerdfighter D&D group.
0: I, would I know nothing listening. about d and mm. know
1: absolutely nothing about D&D.
0: I well, I've only played a couple like actual like D and D campaigns, but I have played a lot of tabletop role playing. Uh I've also done LARP. Uh my big thing was
1: uh Oh yeah, you've my, talked about LARP.
0: Yeah, my big my big nerdy thing was World of Darkness, uh Mind's Eye Theater. It's great. Pretending to be a werewolf was a lot of fun.
1: One of my best friends is trying to get me into Ingress. I've heard that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've only done it like once. <laughs> on my phone though. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean it's 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 like mobile gaming crossed with geocache.
1: Right, right, right. It's it's yeah, I mean it is a concept. I adore it. It's just that I've only done it once. It was with one other person and it was very cold and windy at the time.
0: Right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, the winter yeah, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be summer at some point. There will be a World Cup keeping a year at T V Oh well the women's World Cup.
1: Yeah, that was gonna say. There will definitely be a World Cup keeping me trapped, for, unless I can get to Canada. It'll be keeping me trapped
0: in front of a TV. You should go to Canada, and then we should do we should pod while you're in Canada, and you totally can be our on it, you, can be, you can be our women's World Cup correspondent.
1: I'm working on it.
0: All right, Think you could get me a press pass? No.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> my, Neither so, do I. <laughs> my career is still fledgling. I don't have yeah. Although, I mean, I wish I could, uh, because maybe I could talk to Paste and say, like, hey, I'm actu- I am I might be actually be able to go to the Women's World Cup. Is there any way you can get me any kind of, like, press availability while I'm up there? They say no. I mean, you never know. <laughs> We're thinking to do is say no. I'm still a freelancer, so it sounds like they could even fire me. <laughs> Next. Uh, so that's the Wimbly Wobblies. Uh they're doing okay. We will keep you updated, obviously. So with the real world AFC Wimbledon, they played two games since we met last. They were at home to Accrington Stanley. Uh since they came up to the Football League, they had never won a game against Accrington. I think it was all a like, draws and losses. Never. They finally won. They finally what? beat Accrington. I know. They <laughs> won. Two one, uh, they continued to go late, and then all this everyone was like, Oh God, no,, because oh no. <laughs> we were cruising to a nice solid two 0 win, and then we can see in like the 89th minute, everyone was like, Oh no, oh no no, no, please, please let let's let get the monkey off our back, please, and then, and then we we held on, we held on, and won, so
1: yeah,.
0: Uh, Yay! We beat we, we Like I wrote, I wrote a thing earlier this week uh, for Wimbledon Guardian, uh, talking about like how AFC Wimbledon has been getting rid of a lot of their curses and a lot of the monkeys off their back. So we 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 could never beat Accrington Stanley, and then we finally did. Uh, we were never able to beat the franchise, and we did earlier this season. Uh, we haven't gotten back to we haven't gotten to the third cup, third round of the FA Cup. Uh, since we were reformed in 2002, and this season we did. So it's cool, like, all those things are, like, getting... We're getting getting those taken care of before they develop into actual sports curses, because those can get scary.
1: Yeah, Yeah. just look at the Red Sox, man.
0: Or Liverpool. Shh. And then earlier today they were... our
1: current management of Liverpool is the ownership... That it enabled the Red Sox to break their curse.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I'm 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 confident, but yeah, we 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 got a way to go. Earlier today, they were away at Morkum against the Shrimps, or is it Shrimp Men? I don't know. <laughs> they they got a big old shrimp on their club crest. It's uh, kind of it's weird. Some
1: kind of a prawn.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they drew 1-1. Uh, both goals came in the first half. Uh, we could see a goal late in the first half against the run-of-play, and we pushed hard to get uh, a game winner in the second half, and we couldn't do it. Sad. We're still doing okay. Uh, we're still kind of, like, solidly the table for right now, uh, mm-hmm. but we do need to... We, we've got a couple really tough games up ahead, and it would have been nice to get three points out of today. And... We didn't manage it. So we just got to work hard and try to rock it out the next couple weeks. Uh, we, don't yep. have any, we don't have any cups to worry First about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Since we recorded the write-in campaign for Merton Council for people to write in in support of the new stadium plan was extended and thus was the campaign by the Bring the Dons Home mm-hmm. group to solicit. Uh, I think by the time this pod goes out the de- the new deadline will have passed, but uh you know <laughs> we'll we'll still put a link for bringing the dogs home in the in the link, and so you can sign up and sign up for the newsletter or other or follow them on Twitter, so you can stay up to date on what's happening because it's uh we're we're entering a very critical period with the application. uh we're, we're only a couple months away from finding out what's what's going to happen. uh apparently uh the council has been overwhelmed with the, with the support shown for the stadium plan so far, so...
1: I have to say, it is not many podcasts who bring you the news
0: late, twice. It's true. We, uh... (laughs) In in an age where, you know, everything breaks on Twitter right when it happens, We, uh, we are pioneers of slow news.
1: We're writing history.
0: Right, yeah. If, uh... If, if, if current news, you know, in the 24-hour recycle is more of a snap, crackle, pop, we're the, we're, stew. Soggy. we're the stew you make in the crock pot, you know? You put all the stuff in your crock pot, and then you go to work, and you yeah. come home 10 hours later, and you got a nice bowl of stew. That's what we are. We are a nice, hot bowl of stew.
1: I don't know, man. I think we might just be soggy cereal. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Try to sell this
1: here. Alright, alright. Stew it
0: is. (laughs) (laughs) Weirdo? I call you a weirdo and I just compared us to a bowl of soup.
1: I don't know what to say about that. I... Next.
0: (laughs) Sad news. Very sad news. I know. I know. Harry Pell has left the club. No. I know. I know.
1: You guys, I'm really upset about this.
0: I'm upset too. I, I Harry Pell was working really hard to nail down a, a place in the in the team, but he wasn't getting minutes, and for whatever reason, he just wasn't in Neil's plans. And then a transfer offer came in from Eastley, who are currently in the in the conference and he went for it because he you know, he, he 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 mentioned that he's happy to go to Eastley and he's looking forward to the challenge, but he really did not want to leave Wimbledon. He loves the club and wanted to stay and fight for a place, but like yeah. he'll hardly made it clear, like, I, I can't fit you into the team, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um so that's, we, we lost like three players this month so far who were in the, uh, who are who also have Wimbly Wombly analogs. So we've lost Hell's oh. Pals, we've lost Kevin KSL, we've lost uh, C. Arthur, B. Arthur's brother. Guys, I'm really I, sad right now. Gotta I'm help me out good. here, man. How could I live send, without. No,
1: you? that's not going to cheer me up. Well, listeners can cheer me up. They can send in pictures of cute things.
0: Send yeah. me, like,
1: you know, send me emergency cheering up pictures of, you know, hot footballers or something.
0: <sighs> Chubby Alonso. Yes. Chubby, Chubby Alonso with a suit.
1: Bearded Chubby Alonso.
0: Mm-hmm. There was a really good photo of him just standing there, like, with a shirt, and, like, a, a suit shirt, but with, like, the top button undone. It was really Help nice. Help me,
1: listeners. My only hope. <clears throat> pictures of Robbie Alonso.
0: So that's Harry Pell. It's very sad. In happier news, uh, James Shea and Danny Bowman signed contract extensions. Yay! So they're here at least through the end of next season. Uh, that's really cool, because uh, James Shea has been called by numerous people, not connected with the club, as, like, probably the best goalkeeper in the division, so that's that's really awesome that, that we've got him, uh, and that Danny Bowman has just been a steel rod in the center of the park, so it's that's really That's Shabby cool.
1: Sons. That'll do.
0: Indeed. So it's really... I'm really happy that we've got them for a while. So... Yeah, we're doing okay. Four points out of a possible six. It's not yeah. bad. Uh, They are in 13th, so they have not moved. Uh, They are on 37 points. They are nine points clear of the relegation zone and seven points out of a playoff spot. Because that's League 2. You lose, <laughs> you lose two games in a row. All of a sudden, you go from playoff candidate to relegation mate. Yep. Everything's that tight, so we're 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 doing okay as long as we don't implode. Should be should be fine. I still think I still think we we have a shot. I, I still think we have a shot at at promotion. Uh, we kind of need Craig Tanner to who's our our new load signing. Uh, we got him on loan from Reading. Uh, as a striker up top. So if he can start scoring goals, and soon. Hopefully we can still challenge for promotion uh, or at least a playoff spot. Um, otherwise you know I think we can have enough quality to stay up at least certainly
1: yeah i'm I'm optimistic
0: uh so that's that's what I've got for AFC and Wimbledon.
1: So um you know I, I love soccer drama you
0: and do. Uh, and we're also both us women's national team fans.
1: yes, we are. And our current soccer drama for the U.S. Women's National Team is supplied, I wouldn't say as usual, but as has occasionally been the case uh, by um, Hope Solo. As we talked about previously on the podcast, she had some um, had some issues with domestic violence. Um, those charges were dismissed, and no sooner had they been dismissed than... She went to a, a national team training. During that training, there was an um, an incident with she and her husband were using one of the um, women's national team vans, as they're permitted to do, and he was driving, and they were pulled over, and he got a DUI.
0: We should add, like, the details around this are still a little fuzzy. Like, U.S. soccer has not officially said what, the problem was it's more like this is coming out from other sources. So it's a little – we'll put some links in the doobly-doo, but definitely grains of salt all around.
1: Right, right. Um, her only comment publicly has been to say that – so far that I'm aware of – has been to say that she is perfectly happy to go along with the action that U.S. soccer has taken, which is to ask her to step away from the team for 30 days um, and just kind of – you know, take some time to examine her life, and what I think that covers two matches. Yeah, um,
0: well, plus the think, camp. Because she, yes. she was in the military training camp, and they, uh, she was dismissed from camp, and then she's also going to miss some international friendlies, including one in England at uh, the Franchise Stadium. Right. Ugh.
1: And, I mean, which, huh, that's no great loss. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. No, but I think the more interesting thing about this situation is less what's going on in Hope Solo's career and in her life, and again, links in the doobly-doo, um, but I think that that's actually less interesting. I think what's more interesting is a discussion that's surfaced about how we describe and think about and write about female athletes. Um, there's an article that i that I found it's oh my gosh, it's such a good article whereas I've got we'll put a we'll put a link to it. And what she basically brings up is that because of just time and money, we don't spend a lot of time talking about women's sports, right? Like there's only so much time in a day any one person has, and it's gonna be different from person to person to read about athletes and because of a lot of issues, but mostly, I think, socioeconomic issues, Um, most of the money money and time by journalists spent covering sports is spent on men's sports, which is not shocking, and I'm not sure it's any person's fault in particular. Um, But because we spend so little time talking about women's sports, we tend to talk in tropes and stereotypes about women. Mm -hmm. And her argument is that we need to stop doing that. Um, we, we can't see female athletes as just role models or sex symbols or, you know, the cool um, girl next door or things like that, you know, the, the girl who just hangs out with all the guys. we, we got to stop looking at women in sports that way. Um, they're more complex. They're every bit as complex as any male athlete out there. I thought that was a really interesting article. I'd give it a read. It
0: The Hope Solo thing happens at a weird intersection because women... Aren't treated really well by by sports media, and mm-hmm. athletes aren't treated really well by the sports media either. We're talking about this in the midst of Super Bowl weekend, where <laughs> you know, well, and, and like the media has been like f- flipping out about uh, some of the Seahawks players, but specifically Marshawn Lynch for his like not wanting to talk to the media and just completely tearing him down with, you know, not so subtle racism. You know, it, it, it's the same, and this isn't just true for, like, the NFL, although, like, that's been in the spotlight lately. The media doesn't talk about athletes very well, even, especially when they screw up, um, or even if it's if they're suspected of being likely to screw up in the future. We don't treat athletes kindly, in the media, uh, yeah. and then obviously we, you know, the media also craps on women, and so women athletes are just trashed in the United States. Uh, the, our women's national team, national soccer team, occupies a sort of a privileged position just because of the the cultural impact they had in the '90s. You know, with with Mia Hamm being on the Weezy box, so they mm-hmm. occupy the the USWNT specifically occupies an interesting position in the media and cultural landscape, and so players for the U.S. women's national team get a pass in the way that, say, WNBA players don't, but they still get a lot of the same kind of crap.
1: Well, there's increased scrutiny.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So Hope Soul is kind of in a no-win situation. In terms of like the media coverage about her and how we what we talk about when we talk about Hope Solo, so I'm not talking about the things she did. Like I don't, I feel like the only people who really are allowed to have an opinion on what happened with Hope Solo and how she's holding up are her family, her employers, uh, being U.S. Soccer, and law enforcement. I
1: feel like her teammates, as in in as far as it affects the team.
0: Yeah, that's true. And also, I guess healthcare professionals, if if this is, if that's an, if that's, where where things are going. But um, me as a fan, I don't really get to have an opinion on it. I may have one anyway, but I it's like I'm not going to share it because it's not right for me. I don't feel like it's right for me to have an opinion. And I also don't th- feel like it's right for a lot of, sport sports writers to have an opinion, a, a right. personal opinion either. To, I don't think it's right for them to indict her necessarily. Um, but they're going to do it anyway because we we don't treat women kindly and we don't treat professional athletes kindly, and she happens to be both. So, so yeah. I think this comes back to an ongoing theme we've we've touched on throughout the podcast when we talk about anyone, but especially when we talk about footballers, is that to imagine others complexly. Yeah. Um, which I think that's, uh, you know, Ultimately, what, I, I think the, the better writers who are talking about what's going on with Hope Solo are saying that. Like, can we, can we please act, treat her like an actual human being and not just be a media construct and not just a site to enact institutional violence on her? Exactly. Let's, let's try to imagine her and the situation complexly.
1: And she is incredibly interesting, isn't she? So many contradictions about her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I and that's it. Okay. Yeah. that's that's
1: that's that's interesting. What's not interesting is trying to fit her in a box.
0: Exactly. Okay, so you know me.
1: I know but you.
0: Two of my things.
1: I know you, and I know your love of puppies.
0: Right. So, I I I have a core group of like favorite things in the world. Uh, one of them <laughs> is soccer, and the other one is puppies. Puppy. And so, and so you can imagine my level of delight the other day when a Twitter friend of mine, Maxi Rodriguez, uh, who is football intellect on Twitter, started the hashtag soccer puppies, <laughs> and it became such a big thing that the video show slash podcast Soccer Gods did a thing of it last week. <laughs> Uh, all about it. And it this whole like uh it was like a whole like, you know, two minute segment uh collating like the best from the soccer puppies hashtag and I was like <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like there were like puppies watching soccer with their humans, there were like puppies wearing <laughs> football scarves. It was just It
1: almost made me wish I had a puppy to put a scarf on so I could have participated in. But alas, I have only a cat.
0: You have only a cat. I mean, I think cats should count. Like, soccer kitties can totally be a thing. Yeah, uh,
1: totally be a thing. She gets up early with me every Saturday morning to watch soccer.
0: Does she also get upset when Liverpool don't do well?
1: Well, she's a little hard to read because she's a cat. She gets upset a lot about random things, and half the time I don't
0: know what she's upset about. Yeah, she has a cat, so there's that. She's a cat. I almost I accidentally run. I promise I was accidental. Really, all I needed was like throwing some beards and kilts in there, and like pretty much that's me. <laughs> um, but
1: I just. I'm hoping to reduce yourself to soccer and puppies.
0: Yeah, I mean it's I would say I'd reduce that easily. Well, not not a fraction, distilled. I don't reduce. We right. we, won't, we
1: won't say reduce, we'll say distilled because that retains all of the essence.
0: Right, but when we talk about soccer and or puppies, and especially when we talk about soccer puppies, it's it's definitely on message, you know, it's on brand.
1: And having walked down the streets of Chicago with you guys with him you guys. <laughs> He has no attention span whatsoever when there's a dog.
0: Right. So we in the were, vicinity. So we were doing the um, P4A video shoot, and, and afterwards we, we were conducting shenanigans in Evanston. And we, we just left the bookstore. We were walking towards the cafe where we were going to do the podcast, and we were talking. We were ta- I forgot exactly what we were talking about, but uh, I interrupted you a bit, and it was like, if you'll excuse me for a moment, I must confer with my tribe mate. You are like, what are you talking about? Oh. Dog. And and I was over there like, yes, hello. Oh, he's a fluffy face.
1: It's like having somebody who's got a very specific ADHD. (laughs) Like, when there is a dog, you are instantly distracted and instantly excited.
0: It's true. It's almost like...
1: It's a highly specific ADHD is what it is.
0: Or it's like having an actual dog. Because when dogs see each other, they're like... (gasps) Doggy, 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 doggy. It's like, oh my god, it's you. Okay, okay, so, so, so. Uh, I was only
1: surprised that you did not sniff his bottom.
0: I don't sniff butts. I sniff heads.
1: Oh, that's that's fair. And um, probably more socially acceptable to the owner walking the dog on
0: the leash. Exactly. Well, I mean, I should say, when I go up and approach puppies on the street, I ask their owner if it's okay first. Like, yes. I, I make sure I get close to permission. Like, hi, is it okay if I say hi to your dog? And if they say yes, then, like, oh, hello. Content, man. consent, man. Well, yeah. Well, and I mean, you also may not know. I also don't know the dog either, so the, they could say, oh, the dog actually isn't really cool around strangers or... Right. Or, or know, the dog
1: I, doesn't like men.
0: Right. Or they, they have, like, anxiety stuff. Like, dogs can have anxiety issues, too. Oh, um, sure. So... You know, like, and that's good to know. Like, oh, okay, I didn't know. Thank you for telling me. Um, sometimes, also, they just don't want to stop for random strangers on the street. And that's fair. That is completely fair, and I accept that. I understand that. You know, if I if I still had my Oreo puppy, I would probably feel the same way sometimes. So I get well, it. I completely get it. And
1: we did um, see we did see somebody who was clearly jogging with their dog, and you didn't even try to interact. Yeah, I'm like,
0: you are in your own world. I will let you go. you yeah. to be the puppy. But that's Like, it.
1: if somebody's jogging with their dog, especially if they're female, chances are they really wanted to go for a run. It's starting to get dark. They took their dog so that nobody will hurt them.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: In which case, leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, I think a lot of times people take um, – one of the things that I really like about dogs is if you take a dog out, you you have this instant connection with other people who have they are taking their dogs for the for a walk, or um, maybe have you know fond associations with that particular breed, whether they used to have one themselves, or their their grandmother had one, or when they were a kid, or, or something like that. Um, and that's one of the great things about dogs, especially it's if true. you're going to take your dog to a soccer match. I mean,
0: it's true. What you can do for non-league uh, games in England. Uh there's a whole yeah. blog about it, non-leagued dogs. dogs. We've talked about yeah. before. And That's I think breed. most. Dogs are I know, and the M- I think most MLS clubs also have a take your dog to the game day. Oh, do they? Too. I know I the know, Fire do.
1: I know the Cincinnati Reds do. It's a baseball. Yeah. Game. But twice a season they have um, a baseball game where you bring your dog, and and you know how they do like giveaways at a lot of Major League Baseball games. Um, mm-hmm. First, however many thousand people in the door. They do, like, Frisbees and dog toys and things like that.
0: Yeah. They call it Bark in the Park. It's really cute. The, I know the White Sox do something similar, too. White Sox have been doing a lot of, like... but They've been doing a lot more, like, special promotions, stuff like that. Uh, mostly because... Uh, they're not attend- the Cubs. Well, no, I mean, attendance...
1: <laughs> they have to do something to get people in the door because they're not
0: the Cubs. Well, well the I'm thing sorry. is... sorry. The White Sox <laughs> do really well with attendance... When the team does well, uh, when the team is perform is underperforming, people don't go to the games. It's not like the Cubs where they can finish bottom of the division and people will still they'll still sell Wrigley out. It's yeah. not like that. Uh, the White, so- White Sox fans will withhold their money, especially because. <laughs> was a time when like White Sox games were so, sort of affordable and they aren't cheaper than Cubs games but it's not cheap to go to a White Sox game anymore. Unless, <laughs> unless it's like later in the season or sometime same day they'll offer like hey we have some same day seats for seven bucks. Uh, but for the most part like b- tickets to baseball games across the board have just gone really expensive. And I have a yeah. car so I can't go out to, mi- to see minor league teams because they're all in the suburbs. Yeah, so. they
1: are.
0: It's too bad because minor league baseball is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, minor league baseball is fun. I have to drive, like, to Dayton or to um, Louisville, though, if I want to yeah. see minor league. Um, you know, Reds are right in town and pretty much the same price, honestly. Um, they're not – if you get cheap seats to the Reds they are not that expensive and the giveaways that they do, like, some of them, people are really into the bobbleheads, man. It'll be standing room only. mm and they announce all of their promotions at the beginning of the season. When they announce the the play the schedule, like when they announce the schedule of who they're gonna play, they announce the giveaways at the same pretty much the same time, and everybody looks them up.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Deal. That's really <laughs> cool. That's really cool. I should also say it's 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 trickier for me because I have a thing with heights, so I can't do like Night the games. upper deck. Well, I can't do the upper deck. Oh, man, um, what's
1: that like? I never get good seats. <laughs> I'm the nosebleeds girl. <laughs> when I want to yeah. get down close and see things better, I walk around like around the stadium to the other side, and, um, and watch the pitchers warming up on the bullpen.
0: Those are a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, but for me, it's nosebleed seats, and preferably the nosebleed seats that are like on this in this one, like specific area of the ballpark that's near the dollar hot dog stand. Because there's this one stand, and it always has an insanely long line that sells dollar hot dogs. And everywhere else in the park, they're the normal price. But that mm-hmm. one stand has dollar hot
0: dogs. Amazing. <laughs> <it>. uh, amazing. <laughs> but anyway, soccer puppies. Soccer really puppies. Because like, okay, because it combines soccer, which is great. It combines puppies, which are great. And it's it's two great tastes. that tastes great together. That's so all I wanted to say <laughs> about that.
1: So uh, we've got this guy. He's a player for the Columbus Crew um he is our I know, you don't like the crew. I don't yeah, know what to tell you, okay. Well, tell somebody from the fire to write fanfic.
0: Well, what can I say? I I will. I will.
1: So <laughs> So um Matt Lampson is our backup goalkeeper. He actually didn't really see any season, action last season because, you know, when you've got a good healthy goalkeeper, you don't always play your second. Um but Everybody likes um, Matt Lampson for a couple reasons. He's kind of a hometown kid. He went to OSU, um, and I he might even, I think he even went to high school in Columbus too. I could be wrong about that. And also he um, he has he's the president of the Lamp Strong Foundation. Um, he's actually a survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh wow. Yeah, when he was like a senior in high school, they found out he had Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is it's not as dangerous as non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, it doesn't usually spread as fast, but when they found it, it was like stage four.
0: Oh, God.
1: He had a ton of it. It was everywhere. Um,
0: but he survived.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did. He survived. Because
0: um, usually with stage four or anything, that's the point he, where you're like putting your affairs in order and say goodbye to your family.
1: Not only did he survive, but after deferring college for a year, he came back and played soccer all through college and made it into the MLS. What? Uh, yeah, he's pretty amazing. And he, he's got this thing where um, after every match, um, a kid in the, who lives in the Columbus area, um, they, they, he gets tickets for them to come yep. to the game with their family. So uh, a, child, uh, a, can- a child who's a, um, fighting cancer and their family get to come to the game, and then after the, um, after the match, they go down on the pitch with them and take pictures, and he gives them his game jersey. So, like, there's a serious shortage of game-worn home jerseys from, from Matt Lampson because he gives every single one to a cancer kid. Wow. You can't, like, you can't buy them, basically. Right, you yeah. can only buy away jerseys. <laughs> like if, you know, because charity auctions, they, you know, they always auction off jerseys. Yeah. If, if he ever has them, it's always an away one because he gives the home ones to a cancer kid. He autographs it and gives them to him. Man. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Everybody really likes him. So, anyway, all of that just to give you a background on who Matt Lampson is. What he did recently is he wrote a two page long, totally epic. Lord of the Rings-esque fanfic about the MLS preseason. What? Yes. Link in the doobly-doo. What? Okay. It's it's only two pages long. It's got one or two spelling errors, but it's amazing. And he does things like, he'll, he'll take the name of, like, a team and, like, change the spelling a little bit, but you can totally tell who it is. So, like, Columbus is Columbor. The Galaxy is um, Gal- Galaxy... Um, Like, he'll change the names. Some of the players, or, like, um, he talks about um, one of the ones that he has, like, if you're familiar with, like, oh, this is the part of town where the Columbus training pitches, you can kind of recognize that. Like, you'll probably recognize Galaxy, you'll probably recognize Seattle, Toronto, that kind of thing. He talks about a few of the players on the the team get a a mention. (laughs) Here's a short example. This is the the intro paragraph. I will just read that to you. Dark and evil times have befallen the world. A great mysterious power has gained control of one of the most powerful relics in all the realms, the One Cup. The Galaxian Empire sits patiently amidst the looming Mount Hollywood, vehemently defending what they have stolen. Their reign of terror, fear, and fascism is one that must come to an end. The closest allies of Galaxy. Come from the north. Comprised of hideous green monsters, orcs, Siat Al had taken control of the SHIELD. So this is of course the community shield.
0: Right, right, right.
1: With both the shield and the one cup held in the hands of evil, it was clear what must happen. It is for this overwhelming necessity of peace and safety that a small faction of wise beings in the far off realm of Columbore came together to unite the world. I'm not kidding you. (laughs) This was written by a professional footballer, you guys. Clearly he is a nerd. Clearly he is one of us. And whatever your opinion of the Columbus crew is, you have to give props to Matt (laughs) Lampson.
0: I don't know what to say. I wish you all could see my face right now.
1: What is this life? (laughs) I... Uh you guys, somebody on the internet who like is a member of the Columbus fan base, um I uh, Twitter handle Astroheader, um he made a picture, he did like I guess I don't know, photoshop or whatever, inspired by this. Fan it's an Yes, fan art. It's a picture of the tower from the Lord of the Rings, you can see Mount Doom in the distance, and in the foreground is the tower. And instead of an eye, like where the eye is, it's got the Toronto logo because they're Columbus's oh biggest rival. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Links in the doobly do, my friends.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: The nerdery is strong with this one. <laughs> Lamp strong. <laughs>
0: In terms of footballer nerdiness, I never thought I would hear anything that would top Fernando Torres with the Elvis script tattoo. And yet here we are. Fernando
1: Torres has a tattoo in the Elvin script?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Tolkien-like Tengwar script. Did he he get
1: it before or after he left Liverpool?
0: I don't know offhand. I think it might have been before. Oh, but Fernando Torres he's is a huge—he's
1: got like that fresh-faced Legolas look to him.
0: Yeah, no, Fernando Torres is a huge J.R. Tolkien nerd.
1: Oh my God, I love him even more now.
0: Yeah, I—but this just takes the cake. This is—he said
1: else. he said this is the first one, of course. He's hoping he'll have time to write more.
0: I would be really interested to see if he writes anything in advance of their game with fire.
1: <laughs> I'll try to keep an eye out for you.
0: Yeah. Holy... Dude. Holy... Dude. That's Best amazing. Thank ever. you for sharing that. <laughs> I, it's, it's up there. It's certainly up there. Uh... Yeah, I don't think I don't think we can top that. Let's let's go on to questions. Uh, <laughs> it's uh it's question match day, the day we answer real questions from real Wembley Wombly supporters. Uh we only got one question this time, and the question is, what day is this? I've completely lost it. <laughs> Which, that's an interesting question. Yeah, it's, the more I thought about it, the more I realized this is actually a trickier question than it, than it seems at first. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, in a very literal sense, it's Saturday because that's, that's when we're recording it. But and it's also it? when the question was asked. But But is it... By the time most people hear this, it's going to be Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that.
1: Well, that's just when it's going to become available. They could be listening to it a year from now.
0: But in a broader sense, it gets kind of squirrely, right? Like, what... So what is a day?
1: (laughs) A day is a scientific construct of when the sun is visible in the sky from a certain point.
0: Well, sure... But but I mean the, the in the sense that like we 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 bound off sections of time as a day and then we order them in sequence and attach names to them like it's
1: and the all way that we, and the way that we do that has to do with the, like you know um as far as like hours and time zones and things kind of has to do with these imaginary lines we draw called longitudinal lines.
0: Right. I mean so when we talk about days, it's we, we have to keep in mind that that that, you know, the idea of the of a day is about as arbitrary as like breakfast and what constitutes breakfast food. So you know There's no such thing as
1: breakfast food. We've been over this before. Well You can't ghettoise eggs. You can't ghettoise eggs. I refuse to condone the ghettoization of breakfast foods they just don't exist okay well
0: I don't know like I, I know where you're coming from, but for me like there's some things that I cannot eat for breakfast. there is a, a constellation of food that I can have for breakfast and not feel like I'm I'm failing as as a person have
1: you have you ever worked a night shift at a hospital?
0: No, but I have had to be at work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have had to be at work at four in the morning after pulling an all-nighter.
1: I'm just saying, like, what, there are certain things that after a while will irrevocably interrupt your idea of what is and is not a breakfast food. Sure. And I've had... what, what time of day it is or is not appropriate to eat these, these so-called breakfast foods that you're forcing into a category they didn't choose and, and might or might not want that role.
0: Right, and, like, I've had breakfast composed of, like, cereal and coffee at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I've also had breakfast at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning that was cold pizza.
1: Gosh darn it. I can't believe you have such open-minded views on feminism, and yet you're making breakfast foods, you're forcing them into this role they may never have chosen.
0: Yeah, well, your fave is problematic. (laughs)
1: Well, in answer to the question, we don't know what day it is because we don't know what a day is. And also, you could be listening to this a year from now. So future whoever, tell us who won the Women's World Cup.
0: Also tell us – actually, no. I was going to ask like Tully how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ends, but I actually don't want to know that yet. Tell us who the 13th Doctor is.
1: Yes, that's appropriate.
0: So, to answer the question of what day is it, uh, that really depends.
1: We really don't depends. know, okay? And we're a little freaked out right now. We might be about to have a fight. And I definitely need some chocolate.
0: How, how Thank you for asking, man. How are we going to have a fight? How are we fighting? We're not fighting.
1: I don't know. If you keep ghettoizing eggs, we might.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm ghettoizing eggs. But that's a different conversation. I mean, I also shouldn't be, like, the, the one to express opinions about eggs because even as breakfast food, I don't really eat eggs.
1: This is a stupid
0: question. It's not, it's not even an answer to the question. This we're, We've gone off on another tangent about breakfast.
1: Well, it's making me really
0: insecure, okay? A little freaked out. Why? Because I don't like eggs? Or because I have more traditionalist views about breakfast.
1: Because I don't even know what a day is anymore, dude.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird living in ambiguity.
1: Can't deal. This podcast needs But to be but
0: it's, it's 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 liberating though. There is there is no there is no tyranny in the state of confusion. <gasps> and with that note, we are going to close for the evening. <laughs>
1: Because Melissa's a little freaked out that if this podcast goes any longer there will be large quantities of chocolate required.
0: Yeah. So, thank you for listening. Uh, it's always fun to get out with you. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. Send us uh, comments, send us messages, send us pie.
1: Send us messages from the future telling us who won the Women's World Cup and who the 13th Doctor is.
0: Precisely. So, yeah, Mel Stroopwaffle. Come on, you nerds. And we'll see you next time. DFTBA. Best wishes.
1: Hello? Yeah.
0: I'm waiting for you to to talk about how many parts this episode has.
1: Oh, there there was like a staticky pop and then dead silence and it made me nervous. (laughs) Oh,
0: finally a nickel. Anyway. I don't know. I'm trying to be funny and it's not always working.
1: If you went back and watched this video, it would be one long string of eye rolls and resting bitch face punctuated with the occasional forced laugh. That is how bad these interruptions are throwing me off my game today.
0: (laughs) And we're doing okay. Uh, We're making a good time, at least.
1: Yeah, I'm impressed.
0: Um... What was I talking about? Uh so yeah, Mel, Stroopwaffle,
1: come on, you nerds!
0: And we'll see you next time, DFTBA. Clock. Best wishes. <laughs> All right, well, well, now we have to start over after the clock. Well, that's start Talk. over. Start from. Weirdo.
1: <laughs> Nerd. Nerd. Nerd alert!
0: Um. Yeah, it's like. Well, and you've gotta go anyway, so.
1: Did you see what I just did for you looking at the camera?
0: No, what? Ah! Word me when you're gonna do that. <laughs> weirdo (laughs) we're going to do a podcast it's going to be great oh here's my face
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's just my eyeballs
0: I guess it's alright I guess (laughs)